This is Jennifer Pepito with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. And in this month-long season, I'm talking to my daughter, Emily, and a few other guests about the rule of simplicity or the pursuit of more simplicity in our lives. And I, I really feel like the more I study, the more I realize that the reason for simplicity is so that the important things get prioritized. What does it mean to you, Emily? I think simplicity, I would agree with your definition 100%. I think also for me, simplicity is a life that is guided by essential values. Ooh, I love that. That's a great way to express it. Yeah. And I think that's why we have to take the time to fill out the family vision sheet or fill out the peaceful life planner and understand what are our essential values, what really does matter to us. And one of the things I wanted to talk about today is just simplifying our homeschooling, because I think that when we set out to homeschool. We feel all this pressure from external sources, but I believe that we need to flip that on its head. And before we start, take time to define our essentials, define our essential values as a family, and then pick out your homeschool curriculum and then choose what you're going to study for the year. Because if we try to just do everything that everybody else is doing and try to meet everybody else's external standards, we're going to go nuts. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is too, is that the more you do, the less well you do it. Like nobody does many, many things well. And the book on CrossFit, was it Chasing Excellence? Um, by Benjamin Bergfriend, I think. When an athlete had a weakness, he would almost stop all training and he would focus on like just triceps for months on end until that area was so strong, it could then be incorporated into a bigger picture. And so I think a lot of times in homeschooling, we have this idea that we have to include so many projects and we have to fit in every type of, of like learning. So your math, your reading, your writing, your critical theory, your critical science, your history, your geography, all of it and in a really sort of intensive way and then none of it gets done well we lose connection we lose the enjoyment of learning and we become quite scattered in our homeschooling yeah that's so good it's interesting because you know john taylor gatto has been a big kind of inspiration to me over my years as a homeschool mom and he has almost a disdain for public schooling and and really this idea that it's ruining our children's souls, that the putting so much into them as in trying to put all these facts in and having this stress that, oh my gosh, they're going to miss out. They're not going to know something they need to know. And this kind of fearful, anxious intensity is counterproductive to our children. You know, he, he says about schools, he says schools teach exactly what they're intended to teach and they do it well, how to be a good Egyptian and remain in your place in the pyramid. And he's just talking about how the way that schooling was set up or the origination in a way of public schooling was to create factory workers, people who will be a cog in a wheel in a sense 
you know, he also said, I've concluded that genius is as common as dirt. We suppress genius because we haven't figured out how to manage a population of educated men and women. So I think that, you know, the, the idea that we could define our essential values and then as a family focus on those essential values is really encouraging because that would simplify the homeschooling. So we could have time to look our children in the eyes or read a story together or go play in a creek or just send them out to play in a creek. Definitely. And I think the the ability to learn with a like learn from a small amount of activities and then expand that as your child gets older and their interest changes is really important because you want to set a good foundation but you don't you don't need a lot you need curious children you need children who feel loved and safe and who have a desire to learn and a desire to discover um and who have the capacity to read and do simple math like that is I think that is like such a good foundation for university for life for anything and if we have children who are who feel at home in themselves and who have a curiosity then they'll be able to do anything with those basic skills that's such an encouraging idea Emily that you know some basic skills could prepare our children for anything. And also the idea of simplifying homeschooling. That is one of my big goals with the Peaceful Press. You know, I loved the idea of Charlotte Mason, but trying to, with seven children, pull together art from one source and handcrafts from another source and the right books to read from another source overwhelmed me. And so I started pulling together curriculum bundles that would have the art, the handcrafts, the nature study, everything really built in so that families like myself who wanted to give their children a feast could do it with the whole family because that was the other thing. Early on, I was trying to do a couple different curriculum levels, but like, I, I don't know if you remember this, I gave you a reading comprehension workbook and it was so tedious and so boring and there were so many things to fill in and you're an eager student. Like you're one of the, the children in my family who most uh, cooperate with learning in a sense. And even you were just like so bored by that where just as efficiently I could have read a story out loud, had you tell me about it, draw a picture and then do some copy work. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes total sense. And I, I obviously haven't homeschooled any children, so I only can speak to my own experience, but I do know that I I do not remember hardly any learning. A lot of the skills that I have, I got because we read a ton, which I loved. Like the vocabulary, I have the ability to process ideas, read hard books. That I so appreciate. The field trips. So like going on field trips and having things that you're curious about and engaging in, really fun. Um, Having it be cool to be curious and that's one of the things I see in a lot of my um like I I worked in like with youth at different camps and they hit this age and it is not cool to be curious you it is not it is not acceptable to your peers to wonder about things or to want to know about things and one of the things that I kind of traced through my entire childhood 
is conversations with my dad where I could ask him like the most random questions. Like, how does this work? How does that work? <laughs> what were Adam and Eve doing? How long was it before they had their first kid? Like really random questions um, about life, about politics, about history, about anything that I was kind of curious or reading in another book I could bring to him. And those conversations were huge. And, and for me later on, I have taught myself grammar. There's a book, um, and I can't remember its name right now, but it's very simple, and it has just basic rules of grammar. It's well-written, easy to read. And I read that multiple times through my college years, and it has been probably the most helpful tool. And then Panda Eats, Shoots, and Leaves is actually another one that I've read that's literally fun to read and has been a huge help later in life, just reminding myself of like, oh, these are the things that are, this is how you write a well-crafted sentence and avoid, you know, mistakes of a very basic nature. And, and then a lot of the other things like the sciences and the math, if you are going, if you're planning on going to university, then you will have to take those math courses, many of those math and science courses anyways. And so if your child is able to learn and is curious they're not going to arrive and be out of their their depth because they're going to catch up pretty quickly and and what i what i experienced at least going through the university was a lot of my peers who went to a traditional schooling and just graduated high school would would come back into a basic biology class or a basic chemistry chemistry class and be completely out of their depth even though in theory they just learned all of this stuff in school why do you think that was? I, I think it's because schooling, modern schooling now is geared towards test taking. So you do not have to learn. You have to have the ability to store the answers to a test in your short-term memory long enough to regurgitate them properly on a form. That's so revolutionary in a way. Like I'm so thankful that I'm having this conversation with you because that is a big uh, motivator for a lot of homeschool moms as they feel like, oh my goodness, they're not going to they're not going to know all the things they were supposed to learn. And in my, you know, in my opinion on this side of it, having graduated five students, I feel like, you know what? I want them to be curious. I want them to read books. I want us as a family to talk about things. And I, I do believe that a lot of what they need to know, they will be able to learn for themselves. And, you know, I, I just, I'm so encouraged by the words of John Taylor Gatto. He says, you know, another place he says the, I slowly, I began to realize that the bells and confinement, the crazy sequences, the age segregation, the lack of privacy, the constant surveillance, and the rest of the national curriculum of schooling were designed as if someone had set out to prevent children from learning how to think and act, to coax them into addiction and dependent behavior. And there is something, you know, that is one of the things about homeschooling, like we have an opportunity to attached to our children in a healthy way, but we also have an opportunity to give them some freedom. And, and, you know, some of my kids probably had too much freedom to learn. I have seven children. My second daughter had learning disabilities. So we were doing years of therapy. I have babies. We moved. So you, I mean, really from probably just about 12 years old, not much longer than that, were schooling yourself, correcting your own papers. We gathered for morning time. We all read and talked together, but a lot of the rest of your schooling was self-driven and then somehow you were working on a juris doctorate dissertation on d 
decentralized finance and cryptocurrency. How did you get there? I think for me, a big part of it was I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to go into law. And I think if you know that you want something and you want it bad enough, you, you will get it and you will you will have the drive to do the work needed to get the job done. And I think all of the studies, I'm not quoting them, but all of the studies on how effort will outwin natural talent every time is insane. And so if your child um, has a dream for something, if you give them the foundational skills, then they they will have the work ethics necessary to outperform anybody who had maybe a little more education when they were younger or um, more talent in that area. And so so definitely knowing what I wanted was huge. Um, and then I think reading good books also was a huge part of it. And um, I, I also just really enjoy, I do enjoy learning. I really enjoy researching and I'm constantly sort of down a different rabbit trail of some sort. Which I love. I think that's another beauty of being homeschooled is that homeschoolers have their curiosity still alive. And I, and I know that there are lots of kids who come through the public school system and still have their curiosity alive. So I don't want to alienate people who are using that system or who came through it, but there is something to this, ability to still think your questions matter, to still think that the things that you want to learn about matters and it's okay to have curiosity and pursue learning. Definitely. And I think another thing about education is we think that our children needs need to know this really sort of broad basis of knowledge. Like they need to know all these basics of science. They need to know all these basics of, um, of math, of geography. And I would say there are certain things that are really important, like having a knowledge of geography where you can sort of identify where countries lie next to each other, having cultural awareness. Like there are, there are social like skills that a children should, that children should learn, but these are much less text-based book based and more experiential and conversation based and the, the media, the books, those kind of things that you're exposing them to. And the other thing is that a, a child doesn't need to know everything. Like my overall math basis is quite low. And I can, I can function perfectly in today's society. I can figure out how to do interest and do percentages and all of the basic sort of math things that you need to survive in the 21st century. I also have the ability to understand ideas. So I can talk to a scientist at a basic level. Like I had a friend and he was doing a postdoc in um, astronomy and he was, he was researching two different moons that were rotating a star in another solar system. And there was all this stuff about gravitational pull and the way the stars were moving and the way it was affecting this planet's, um, like rotation basically. And a lot of what he knows, I, I have no concept of and can't understand, but I was able to have a conversation with him that was in many ways, completely out of my depth because I could still, um, I still had connect. I had the ability to connect to people and to connect to other people. And, and I feel like knowing how to connect and getting that as a child allows you to 
have conversations with people that are technically kind of beyond your skill base, but because you can tune in and engage and understand and have an almost empathy. I know this is an intellectual conversation that we're having, but, but I am aware of the other person enough to assimilate the ideas that they're trying to explain. And I think, so two things, connection's huge. Second thing, which was the first thing I was saying, is you do not need to know everything. Your child does not need to know everything. They need to know basically what they need to survive and then what they need to know to excel in the field that they choose. And once they've chosen that field, they they obviously can always switch fields, but but they're our brains are not created to hold all knowledge. We're created to be efficient with what knowledge we hold. And so they will hold what is interesting to them, what is necessary to them, um, and what is relevant to them. And that's that's all they need. And you know what's interesting about what, what you're saying? It kind of does come back to the Peaceful Press motto of connection through curriculum. Because if you are trying to learn in an atmosphere where your mom is super frazzled, which I was some days, you know, trying to manage multiple math levels or multiple history textbooks or trying to grade curriculum and teach it at the same time, then the atmosphere itself is going to shut down learning. But if you are able to learn in an atmosphere where you gather for some learning, you read some books together, you discuss, there's some eye contact and some warmth, and then you are able to, you know, maybe one of you is going to do some Uh, math on the computer and another one you're going to group like I I really believe in grouping grades even you know do do one level of math with a second and a fourth grader because there's going to be so many concepts repeated and it's okay for a child to maybe review something a little bit longer while another child is reaching a little bit if the mom can teach with a calmer attitude so that you don't activate a fearful atmosphere. You don't activate fight and flight in the child. Everybody's going to learn more and you can progress further. But if you as a mom are trying to manage too much schooling at once and it's too complicated, it is going to make it harder for you to stay calm. And if you're not calm, the people around you will have a hard time being calm as well. And, you know, unfortunately, some of these lessons I'm learning later in life but it's just there, there's so much about maturity that comes from attachment. And if we can't keep the atmosphere of our homes calm, it's going to be so much harder for our children to get to that level of maturity. They're going to want to hide from us or they're going to, their, their learning brain is going to shut down because the atmosphere is too stressful. Yeah, definitely. The, the, the atmosphere in the home is really important. And I think obviously there's always going to be bad days. And I also... There's always going to be bad days. And for some people, I also know like having some academic, like that's why the peaceful press is so beautiful because it's not unschooling. And I, there's definitely a type of unschooling that's really beautiful, but I think children need a level of guided education for sure. And it would be completely false to say I didn't get any guided education or to say that there was not a certain amount of rigor early on to learn things like I I wanted to read but I was also taught to read and and being taught to read allowed me to then pursue reading or being taught basic math skills then allows your child to pursue further math skills if that's what they're interested in and being taught basic science like there is a need to teach basic principles but 
it, I, I mean, the peaceful process is beautiful because it teaches them without being overwhelming, without being so rigorous that you're losing sight of connection, that you're losing sight of the person that you're actually training, that you are overwhelming them and killing curiosity. It avoids um, creating sort of that system of, of short-term memory to simply regurgitate test answers because education is important, but how you go about doing it is huge. Yeah. And if you're listening and you're feeling discouraged because you have had some stressful school days or you're feeling discouraged because you know that uh, that connection has been broken with your children, that you you did get frustrated and throw the math book or or you did run to your room and cry. You know, we've any of us who are mothers have been in that situation. Our children have been in the situation of feeling like they disappointed us. And Psalm 130, verse 3 and 4 has really encouraged me lately as I reflect on some of the broken attachments in my own family. It says, if thou, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee. And so I think that as we just reflect on that truth, that God, his mercies are new every morning, that this is what restoration is about, is about coming up against our own brokenness, against our own failures, and recognizing that there are new mercies, that every day is a new day. And, you know, lately, as I've been uh, doing some counseling and, and understanding some more about my own attachment style, I've been newly grieved at the ways that, you know, when my I had my first babies when I was 20, and you know, so Emily, as my oldest daughter, I, I made a lot of mistakes in the way that I parented and my stress level as a new mom. And I have shed some tears over that and also expressed my remorse to you because you're so beloved to me. And it's my desire. I mean, as a mother, I know that all of you listening, it's your desire to be the best mom you can be. And yet we are going to fail. And so I just think, Today is a new day. Express remorse to your children. It means so much to them to know that you acknowledge the mistakes you've made. And then accept the Lord's mercies. Don't live under that weight of regret, but live knowing that God is good and has forgiven us. 